Very good morning to you, Peter. Morning. Nice to see you. It's the spring. It's a beautiful day. It's, it it does feel sort of like something. Well, I, I think changing. spring now begins about now. I think. Does it? If you, I rejoice at it. I think there's a definite feeling of it in the air. There, there, there is a definite. I mean, I was at the beach at the weekend with the dog and another dog, two dogs this time, um, and it was positively sort of balmy. It's, it's, it is a beautiful time of year. People mm. should forget about the calendar and take full advantage. Of yes. It. Get out into the open. Much I think so. Absolutely right. Providing, of course, you don't do anything you're not allowed to do because. Well, no, we're not. Re we're never recommending. There's more and more things that you're not supposed to do now. I know. Like, don't park here, you know, don't stand there. Make sure that if you do stand there, that you're not standing next to well, anyone. Well, it's true, but as you get older and older, the number of things you're not allowed to do is, is <laughs> not much greater than the number of things you're unable to do. So true. It doesn't yes, very much. Very true. Shall we start with prevents? Because you wrote yeah. about it this weekend. And, and the, um, the Mail on Sunday in, in a separate story also wrote about this. What we, we see in Prevent and everything that goes with it is, the, is an embryonic Stasi in this country. Mm. And when I say Stasi, I mean quite deliberate, pointing out this was a, that Stasi was a left-wing political yeah. police, uh, which was basically on the lookout for people with conservative opinions. Mm. And that's what we're creating. What William Shawcross found in his report, I'm not very interested in his worries about whether Prevent is being not active enough about Islamic terrorism because as Rod Little rightly points out I'm not sure this stuff does any good anyway right. what is fascinating though is the way that the organisation increasingly equates uh, Islamist terrorism with something it calls right wing extremism yes. or far right extremism and this apparently includes according to various documents that have circulated within, within Prevent uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg Rod Little himself, yeah. Melanie Phillips, yeah. uh, and I think um, what's that chap who writes all those um, all those books about um, the madness of crowds? Name escapes me. Oh yes, yes, I know he's. You know the one I mean. Yeah. Anyway, him too. He's, yeah. he's one of them. So my Douglas Murray. So my Douglas Murray. That's the one. Douglas to my slight disappointment, I don't seem to have featured him. I was going to say, I'm, that's a bit... I mean, a, honestly, it's you've a bit, missed the, you've I mean, missed the boat is, there. They know how to hurt a man. Yeah. But leaving that aside... It's a bit like the Big Brother project. I was a bit well, they, disappointed they I wasn't in there. No, yeah, but I don't think no, I was in there. Well, the, the thing is, it, it rather depended <laughs> on whether you'd been asked by Big Brother Watch to, to do the subject yes. access reviews, which I was, and yeah. you perhaps were not. Well, I was in it by, by association with you. By association with me, so, you're yeah. definitely so in it. So I'm just as guilty should, in a way. Should, you should take the credit. I'll take it, yeah. Yeah, but on this occasion, I, the, the documents haven't turned me up yet. But here it is. I don't think that there is any such thing in reality as a serious right-wing extremist movement in no. this country. Uh, certainly, it's not remotely... If the, if the, if, uh, extremism is, in any case, a subjective term. It means somebody I disagree with. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't actually mean anything more than that. This is an infuriating habit of the sort of people who write for the Times mm. newspaper. Yeah. They all say, we write for the centre-left or the centre-right. Who says? Yeah. Who says that the, that the views of David yeah. Aronovich or, 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 or Danny Finkelstein are in the centre? They mm. do. And therefore, if they're in the centre, then people like me are out on the extreme. Yes. But I could equally well claim, if I had um, if, if I had a big enough platform, that I was the centre and say well, they were the extreme. Yes. The fact is, opinions are of, of, of equal value until they're tested, uh, and, and they should be but judged, there is a sort judged, of judged on their morality and their effectiveness. But, but there is a bit of a snob value to this, isn't there? Because if you no, are, it's worse than that. It's if you're a centre left, everybody else is less lesser than you. Somehow. Well, yes, but it, but it is a claim. It is a claim that you are that you represent the right opinion. Mm. Yeah. The, the use of the word centre is, is, is like saying I'm right, you're wrong, without yeah. actually being so childish as to say it. Yeah. And that's why I object to it. Uh, the the thing is that what what is going on here is a, is a growing, uh, I won't say, pre obsession, I say preoccupation mm. 
uh, on this subject, you'll find the, the police, which I now regard as a left-wing body, I don't yeah. know if they fly the rainbow no flag. Question. I don't think there's any doubt about the fact no. that they've been completely captured mm. by the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s. Uh, MI5, uh, which I think, again, is really it's a secret police force. Yeah. We um, people wrongly refer to it as a spy service. The only people it spies on are the citizens of this country, and again, its priorities are increasingly those of the of the left, which disapprove yeah. of conservative thought. Uh, is thoroughly um, uh, upset and unsettled by people wanting to leave the European Union and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, and the whole idea of, of classifying what used to be perfectly normal conservative opinions into something called right wing extremism, and of claiming. And this this runs both ways, by the way, of claiming that people who do um, mad things uh, are obviously right wing extremists. Mm. Particularly the case of the of, of mayor, the um, the killer of of Joe Cox. MP. Yeah, uh, I looked up this man, and he he was obviously he had a long history of, of mental illness, one yeah. kind or another. There's no doubt about it. He was so tragic, uh, and I, this is not in any way to excuse his his, his frightful action, which is a, a it robbed us of a, of a very lovely person, as mm. far as I can see. But he, he he actually went around in public wearing marigold gloves, and he mm. tried to clean his own skin with Brillo pads. Yeah. He was not sane. And to, to, to treat him as the criminal justice system did, as a political actor, mm. as a right-wing extremist, uh, because he had some some uh, books from uh, neo-Nazi-ish parties in mm. his home, seems to me to be putting two and two together and making 17. Yeah. But there was an enormous, there seemed to be a desire in, in the criminal justice system to treat him as political. Mm. It's a mirror image. Well, it's like drawing the facts gently towards the story you want to write, yeah, isn't but it? But it's a mirror image of this. Quite a lot of the people who take part in supposed acts of Islamist terror. You remember the, the Leytonstone knife mm -hmm. attacker? Yeah. Again, he did terrible things. He, he stabbed people and, and, and hurt them quite badly. Yeah. But this was a man who had, for, for some long time, had been sectioned yeah. on, on mental health issues, and who genuinely believed, I'm not making this up, this is a man who genuinely believed that Anthony Charles Linton Blair was his guardian angel. Now, to treat him mm. as if he was a serious, methodical political actor, and to imagine that, that anybody who had any political objections would see any purpose whatsoever in stabbing wholly innocent people mm. in a tube station is an absurdity. Yes. We keep politicizing things, which are although isn't there a because we want to, to, to use it as a pretext yes. for diminishing the liberties of the subject. But isn't there also a, a difference in the way that they are regarded? Because in his case, for example, they were more likely to call him a lone wolf yeah. or something rather than mentally ill. Whereas um, with the right wing side, they'll call him a right wing extremist rather than a lone wolf. Well, yes, but I, there, there was still in in the in, in the treatment of the Leytonstone guy in the criminal justice system, there was still quite a lot of people who uh, in in the police and the, uh, and elsewhere who, even after the revelations came mm. about his family's efforts to get him treated for mental illness and his his use of marijuana and all the other things which you find in so many of these mm. cases. They still insisted on treating him as if he was a political actor. Yeah, they wanted to because by doing so, by, by by saying that such a person is a political actor, you make it easier to persuade the public to accept the sort of surveillance restrictions, yes. uh, reducing of, of of liberty, getting rid of habeas mm. corpus, 
introducing strange charges such as was it glorifying terrorism is now mm. is now a criminal charge in this country yeah. i find slightly odd well the other thing that i found extraordinary was the budget that prevent has 47 million pounds a year or something like that and you think well what exactly are they spending that on and why did they need that much money and as you say it's easier for them to say this is how we're going to prevent this from happening yeah. rather than saying we cannot prevent actually random acts of madness because there are crazy people out there look, I, who will do crazy things look there are obvious one should obviously be on one's guard as a state, and the police should be on one's guard against against certain activities. Mm. I personally think that a, that a proper old-fashioned preventive patrolling police force would pick up much more of this sort of stuff than the, yeah. the than all the current stuff that goes on. But that's 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 an opinion. I'm not against us taking action uh, to try to prevent acts of terrorism because it's, it it makes sense. But that shouldn't be used, as I say, as a pretext mm. for for launching surveillance on people who, who who've done nothing and whose only crime is a thought crime. Uh, nor should it be a, a pretext for, as certainly as the last Labour government used it, to, to diminish the liberties and protections of the subject and make it much easier to to arrest and convict people for things which mm. might not very long ago not even been regarded no. as crimes. Well, let's face it, there are many people who have had one of these things which they say they've stopped doing now, these non-crime, hate-crime incidents, yeah. which can be recorded against you without your knowledge which will only be discovered by somebody if they do a CRB check on you, like a criminal background check, and they'll discover that this thing is lying around, yes, uh, hanging around as you're uh, uh, ruining your reputation, and you have no idea it's even there. No, I, the, the, these things are terrible, and, and, and it's, it's quite wrong. And I, there were various very odd things that happened as well with people being, I think, uh, fined in their absence during the COVID mm. panic as well, not, without even realising they'd been charged, as yeah. I understand. It's very strange. But the justice system has become far less open and far less it seems to me subject to the simple rule that you of, of english law which is that you prosecute people for what they do mm. not for what they think or or, or what they say and right. what they say is an actual clear incitement to crime yes and i think that the the the, the whole apparatus of this makes people uh, more willing to consider uh, prosecution and surveillance of people who haven't actually done anything and probably won't. The other thing, of course, is they're not very good at keeping them under surveillance because all the people who were under surveillance seemingly somehow wriggled away from it and then they go later, oh, they've committed this a terrorist act we somehow knew about it's two hard, years ago. I don't understand how it's, they it's lose track how they of can people. lose track of them, but they, no doubt some explanation could be provided. But it, in, in general, I just, I just think we should be more worried about this. And I think that for someone of the stature of William Shortcross, mm to actually come out and say this. It's probably the last warning you're going to get. Mm. And if people don't get exercised about it in Parliament and in the media and say, actually, is this body getting out of control, then I think it will get out of control and it, it will become an embryonic stasi mm. and, and it, will, it will be, as with so many of these losses of liberty, ourselves to blame. And inside some of the sort of nitty-gritty, if you like, of the report, was was quite a lot to be alarmed about you know quite a lot of schools where they're dealing with problems from um various you know children basically who are being radicalized by by people in their communities i mean there's a lot of things in there that you should be keeping an eye on it seems the government to me. has a very big contradiction at its heart in all this and the government itself believes in a multicultural society and it certainly until recently has believed openly in open borders mm. Uh, and this is inevitably going to lead to, to, to changes in what people believe and say about a number of important mm. things, uh, which it then becomes quite rightly worried about when it takes the form of terrorism. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's constrained by the fact that it doesn't really know <laughs> what to do about it. 
And so it goes mm. through the motions of, with, with, with bodies like Preventive doing yeah. something about it. Hoping that it, tackling and it. hoping it might go away. If you, want, if you don't want this country to, to, uh, to, to lose its existing culture, then you have to defend that existing culture. But almost nothing in, in law or custom or the education system is there to defend mm. that culture. So it leaves space for an awful lot of ideas to flourish. Uh, which, quite rightly, people find alarming. Yeah, I think so. If you're just reminiscing with Mr Hitchens here about the good old days of uh, newspapers and in flagrante expenses, because the government, would you believe, has been spending uh, £145 million of our money on some extraordinary things, branded USB cables for the Foreign Office. I mean, why would you need a USB cable that said Foreign Office on it? Aren't you supposed to be a spy if you're in the Foreign I, Office or something? It, 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 it's, it's so strange. Um, my father was in the Navy, and I knew people long ago who were in the civil service, and their lives were completely constrained mm. by the Treasury. Every time any money needed to be spent on painting the funnels or whatever it was, yeah. huge amounts of justificatory documentation had to be submitted before the money mm. could be spent. Yes. You didn't spend it. And they say, oh, actually, can you meet my credit card mm. bill? It was a very, very tight grip yes. on public spending by the Treasury, Re real in practice, at, at small levels, at low yes, levels. everything signed People in triplicate. Spend it. Yeah. And, of course, as a result, our budgets until, I suppose, the mid-60s were largely mm. under control in this country. Something seems to have gone here. Mm. As, uh, the, the, the view seems to be, I mean, especially since the COVID panic, well, the this is all as a result of the COVID. They seems to be spend it and then and then they lowered about they lowered the bar and they lowered the the necessity to have things approved apparently. Yeah. But wh what what maniac in any world would give somebody a credit card with twenty thousand pounds of credit on it effectively? Well, no individual um, would do it. No individual who had to meet his own bills would do it. But the government, which knows that it's surrounded mm. by millions of suckers paying tax yeah. without, uh, with, without paying too much attention to how it's spent, they get away with it. How about this, this story happens, and, and what will what will become what will become of it? What will then happen? Will there now be serious restrictions on this sort of spending? Well, I you'd like to think so. We won't read it again in two years' time. Nine thousand one hundred twenty-one pounds on an Airbnb for four staff during COP twenty-six climate conference. Well, four staff, nine thousand quid. There are so many things that one could say about that, but I think everybody who's listening or watching is already thinking <laughs> them. <laughs> it's true. Um, let's talk about your piece um, uh, this week about uh, Ukraine as well, because I haven't seen you since the uh, deification visit no, of uh, His no. Majesty President Zelensky. Saint, heaven Saint, Saint heaven Saint be praised. Yeah, no, well, bless him. I, that was I, quite I, extraordinary, I, I, actually, I mean, I, I, I've actually got something of a soft spot for, for Zelensky. Mm. I think he's, he's, he's managed to, uh, to bear himself very well, given what he fundamentally is, an entertainer by profession. Well, he's, he's doing that he's very well. He's borne himself with dignity and some courage, I think, and I, anybody must recognise that. Mm. But I, what we did in the Mail on Sunday at the weekend was what everybody should be doing, was we held a debate yeah. uh, between me and Ed Lucas on the Ukraine issue. Yeah. And I pointed out that the if, if what you don't like about the invasion, uh, and you oughtn't to like it, uh, is that it's a disgusting act of, of violence in which people die, and it fills the fills Ukraine with blood and screams and mm. destruction and forces people to leave their homes. If you don't like that, and you shouldn't like it, then why aren't you in favour of bringing this to an end? All wars end. They have to end sooner yeah. or later, and the sooner they end, the sooner the killing stops. Mm. And why, I have never in all my long life seen a war where there's been so little effort made to end it, so much so. I am beginning, he said mildly, to suspect that there might be some people who want it to be a long war. Yeah. And it does does it does look like that at times, doesn't it? 
Well, certainly, the... you've spoken before about you know arming Ukraine, and suddenly you know things are happening which weren't going to happen. Suddenly, there are planes being talked about. And Everything which we originally delivered. say we won't do, we do. Yeah. Uh, and this country, which is actually very poorly defended and has very few serviceable weapons, is being used as a means to embarrass uh, better equipped countries such as Germany mm. into handing over the much greater stocks of equipment they have, 14 Challenger tanks. I and mean, what difference does that make to Ukraine? Mm. To us, actually, apparently, it's, it's, it's a very large stock yeah. of our, our functioning tanks because we have a lot of tanks in warehouses rusting away, unable to move. But yeah. the ones which could actually move and fight are quite uh, 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 not very many at all. Mm. And we're going to be sacrificing some of those. Also, I don't know what we're doing about this, but our tanks are... Uh, more modern Challenger tanks contain very, very secret armour. Mm. And if anyone were to capture them and get hold of that, it would be a great blow to us because having captured it, they can obviously yes. find out how it works and, and we would lose that advantage. So I don't know what we're playing out here, but it came out again at the weekend with, uh, with people in Germany complaining that we really aren't up to taking over this spearhead role in NATO, which mm. we're due to take up in, a, in, in about a year's time, uh, because we simply don't have the troops or the equipment to meet the, right. to meet the demands. And it's true, we don't. We aren't, we are, the military, we're actually rather a weak country mm. at the moment. So at the same time... Well, the Americans say we don't have an effective fighting well, force, yes, more or less. No, we, we've dropped out of the front rank. Mm. And people should be aware of this. Now, my view on this is that the fundamental purpose of our armed forces is to defend this country. Yeah. Uh, you would and, think. And, not, and we should be much more worried about that than we are about, uh, about engaging in a war which, as mm. I say, does not seem to me to be any concern of ours. I, I think it's a stupid war. As you know, I've said so many times, mm. th there are people in America who think uh, that it's a good idea to have a confrontation with Russia and Ukraine, and they've, uh, they've achieved one. And there are strong political reasons in America for this to happen, but that's no reason for us to follow on no. as the fifth wheel in the American car. We should be worrying about defending ourselves. It, one of the things that's become quite clear in this war is that old-fashioned, clunky, uh, basically Second World War methods of warfare are still very mm. much in vogue. Yeah. When it actually comes to it, uh, high-tech electronic weapons and people surveying the, uh, the internet won't save you. What you need are people who can, who can fight and take ground mm. in the infantry, armored vehicles, artillery, uh, and plenty of guns and ammunition, and we haven't got any of that. No, and that's the other thing that we're not talking about, and I said this at the end of last week, that you know, there's no conversation being had, certainly in Parliament or much around it, about what will happen if this does escalate, if it actually does become something more than you know, Russia versus Ukraine, and there is some conflagration into Poland, or there is some well, you know, NATO joining uh, of this war. What happens to us? Nobody knows. And we have a habit in this country, in the First World War, which was our biggest mistake in 1914. Most people in this country believe that when we joined the war, it would be it would be a naval war for us that would be we, we wouldn't need to make any major military mm. contribution on the continent. It would just be a war in which our ships would 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 sink the enemy, and we might pay or subsidise our allies on the continent to to to, to fight and win as we'd done. Mm. In the Napoleonic Wars, everyone was astonished to find, after a couple of years, that people were actually being forced into the army and made to go off and, and fight in the yeah. trenches. And, but that's what happens and with wars. And to not they come back. Get, well, and indeed, to not come back or to come back in, in, in terribly maimed. Mm. And that's what happens with wars. They get out of control. And once they get out of control, it's very hard to get them back. This is still a moment 
at which we could get this war under control. You say, well, you can't appease uh, Vladimir Putin. Well, I don't believe you should appease Vladimir Putin. But on the other hand, uh, it, 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 it makes sense to reach an, an iron-bound lasting mm. agreement in that part of the world so that there aren't any wars there, to the benefit of both Ukraine and Russia, so that both of those countries can advance towards the, yeah. the prosperous civilization so they both ought to be. Well, exactly. And neither of them, in my view, are. Well, and Ukraine is being kind of destroyed oh, piece totally. by piece. I mean, we, when you see pictures of those cities yeah. that have been raised to the ground. Well, it's also the, 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 the constant war on the infrastructure. Mm. There is, in so many parts of Ukraine, there's no real regular electrical power. No. We don't. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I think the reporting from Ukraine is terribly, how shall I say, inadequate mm. in, in, in describing it's never been great, has it? just how much privation the Ukrainians yeah. are undergoing. And also, uh, you, we get, we're told all the time about about Russians being conscripted into the army. Are not Ukrainians being conscripted mm. into their army? I, 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 I would well, imagine my, they They were prevented from leaving the country. Well, that's they? exactly. They can't go, so right. there must have been a purpose for that. I, I think that it's, the, it's part of the point I made in my article is that we've, we've developed this absurd idea that it is... It, it's Gandalf on one side and the Dark Lord Sauron mm. on the other, and yeah. one side is totally good and the other side is totally bad. Right. This is never so, and I produced one thing which established this beyond doubt. United Nations last November produced a report, well worth reading, about treatment of prisoners of war mm. by both sides. It's a very even-handed, sober, soberly written report. It makes it quite clear that the Ukrainians have been mistreating Russian prisoners of war and the Russians have been, yeah. have been probably even more badly mistreating Ukrainian prisoners of war. This is what happens in war. Yeah. Both sides behave badly. Both sides have um, have bad motives, and both sides have defensible motives. And the, it, it is the case that there could be a negotiated peace, which ended this, which would be far far better for the people of Ukraine, yes. whom we profess to care because about. Because it will end than eventually. Continuing war. It? it will end eventually, and then people will say, "Well, why couldn't you have done this well, last year?" The or, longer, you know, two years ago. The longer it goes on the harder it is to end, because yeah. the bitterer people quite recently become. The sooner we sort it out, the easier it will be to reach a settlement. But mm. you hear talk at the moment, a lot of Ukrainian talk about retaking Crimea. Yeah. Now, legally, the, the Russian position in Crimea is absolutely wrong. The Russians have no legal right in Crimea at all. But the fact is that Crimea is, is populated largely by Russians, and yeah. they, they want to be ruled by Russians if and Russia regards it much as we regarded the Fulton Islands yeah. in 1982. And if the Ukrainians started to attack Crimea, then it would change the character of the war very deeply, because mm. Russia would then consider itself to be on the defensive against, a, against an aggression. And that would give a great deal more moral force mm. to Putin. But this is, this is being seriously talked about, and I think we have to beware of the ways in which this could go. And the number of times we had the, the mysterious missile landing in Poland. Yeah. We have um, Moldova... Uh, complaining that, that, that Russian missiles have been flying across its territory. It's so easy, by a couple of accidents, mm. to spread a war, yeah. and so hard to contain it, uh, that, I, again, I just have to warn people, this thing could run out of control, mm. as wars always do. Very easily. Support a public opinion, if it, if it makes itself felt supporting the idea of, of peace, could have an effect. That's how the Vietnam War was mm. brought to an end, yeah. in the end was by a huge shift in public opinion. People need to think about stop listening to, to propaganda and imagining it to be the truth. Yeah. I think that goes for all sorts of areas, doesn't it, yes, really? There's another ball of wax, as they say. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, Peter Hitchens back in the mail on Sunday, of course, and possibly earlier than that uh, in Daily Mail as well. <laughs>